hoodie town. Why are you wearing one too? Remember when Geraldo was like, it was the hoodie's fault. And <laughs> no. Trayvon Martin got killed and he's like, it was the hoodie's fault. <laughs> was, that's when I, I, I like, I had like a span of like 20 years where I didn't know what happened to Geraldo. He was like some well-respected journalist on TV. And then I like blinked and 20 years later, he was like a, like kind of a mean journalist on TV. I don't know when it happened. It sleaze bag. I remember, I think my parents were interested in him back in the day because he apparently, he got famous because he exposed some like ill treatment of mental patients at one of those yeah. like big places in New York, right? Yeah, no, I feel like when he, I mean, the first time that I heard his name that he, yeah, he was like legit. But by the time that show was over, he was just trash it was the show seeking trash again i've said it before (laughs) i literally i blame that kind of tv for everything that's going on now including our last president i went i went like it's fake news that was fake corrado was fake it's part of the tapestry, the rich tapestry yeah, of bullshit. The idea, like it start. Not only did that kind of show start like fake news, but it also started like the the whole concept of you know elevating nobodies and just people who yelled a lot to like celebrity status. Yeah, but do you think so? I mean, like you go all the way back to you know Citizen Kane and William Randolph Hearst, you know, talking about sensationalism and the way to sell papers and things like that. If there was like more, uh, you know, uh, competitors in the marketplace and people trying to, who who could look at the minutia of each line of a newspaper article and tear it apart. I bet there would have been a lot of people screaming fake news then too. Oh like, yeah. Don't get like me wrong. Part of the reason, part of the reason we even can do that is because of our, uh, a normal citizen's access to information. Yes. There has been biased news from the beginning, from the get-go. But it's, I think the point you make would maybe lend itself more to like how that, how it's market, like how do you make money from it? How it's marketed to turn it into entertainment rather than uh, I'm more news. talking about just glorifying people with no talent. And <laughs> <laughs> but don't say that in front of me. I don't want to go there. That's not no. a good intro for what is actually like a very uplifting and happy yeah. episode. There's no dark side to this episode. No, you know what I quickly noticed about John that I like, like I had said in the interview, I have so many ties to this guy and literally like 20 or 30, like people I know right. fairly well know this guy Yeah, and we just have never been in a room together, you know, or if we have, I don't remember. Um, so when I'm doing research about the guy, I'm like, really kind of learning about him, you know? Um, And something that I quickly like in talking to him is, you know, like people who don't know what they're talking about, like use like way too many words to describe a philosophy, (laughs) you know, like he, like when you ask him one of these big questions, you know, something like with a broad landscape that a neurotic nut job like me start picking the A's and B's and C's for hours and he's just kind of got this like, one yeah, word like <laughs> this, not one word, but like the sentiment is clear, you know, right. like where he, like the philosophy is understood, like who he wants to be 
to himself seems pretty worked out, which yeah. is kind of comforting. And and you can hear it in his songs, too, because there's sort of a, I don't know, not a wherewithal, but but like a, a raw kind of like honesty about what's actually happening. You know, oh, it's, it's super real music in that way. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. And I think he touched a chord with me, too, because, you know, I've only been 40 for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I know you're what 25 <laughs> 30 years in here uh, <laughs> and if you know obviously before and after like you know there's been a lot of different things popping into my head and swimming like you know things that weren't really in tow not that long ago and one thing I'm kind of enjoying about it I know it's sort of a morbid sensibility is like it's sort of changed my perspective in a way that I see things less as like the road ahead and more like a closing window. Hmm. Um, And something about seeing it like that is giving me a unique opportunity to kind of like to milk the days and milk the hours and milk the minutes and be a little more conscious of that, you know, time is precious sort of energy. Um, You know, even like, you know, there are some sections of Muslim faith that believe you're given a pre-designated amount of breaths for your life. Ooh. And that, you know, just relaxing. (laughs) Slowing (laughs) down. Don't have too much sex. Yeah, it's just advantageous, (laughs) you know? Like, you only get so many. Might as well, you know, keep them at a minimum. Well, dude, the guy that I was just working for has an app on his phone that reminds him every day that he's going to die someday. And he said yeah. that a man that being reminded that makes him happier. Yeah. He said you're and happier may, if you're reminded that you're going to die someday. For sure. And I think there needs to be almost like a more functional way for non sort of devout people to remind themselves of that, because it's like generally implicit in religious people every day. Because you're thinking about your road to the afterlife, like literally, like everything is set up for death in a lot of ways, you know, so like, like they are reminded of it. They're praying to something that is dead then comes back and like it's constantly in your face, this sense of mortality. And I think, you know, people of our ilk have a uh, tendency to, you know, maybe drink and smoke and too cool these feelings away for a long time. (laughs) And then they turn like 40 and go like, Oh shit. Like I got to find something. That's why so many people look like us all of a sudden start doing fucking yoga, like 43 (laughs) and and start to go inward, you know? Cause they're like, Oh shit. Kind of missed the boat on that one. Huh? Uh, You know, it's tricky stuff, Brad. Oh boy. But this John Snodgrass, he's got a he's got a nice look on he's, things. He's, he's kind of got a, a vibe, you know. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, let's listen. Did that come through? I didn't hear any like alert sounds or anything. If that's what you're telling. No, but did you hear any music start to come through? No. Okay. Shit. I got a surprise for you guys that I'll. <gasps> I'll send you later. Oh, I thought the surprise surprise. was that you were like going to be watching like YouTube videos during this or something. (laughs) No, I did. uh, 
We've been there. It's, no, I did a, uh, what would it be? How does it go? Uh, I did a, ah, it'll be a, just a nice surprise for you. There's this, I've been writing these jingles, you know, for people oh, yeah, during quarantine. Yeah. And I have this one and it's just funny. It's kind of almost like an inside dad joke. For my family, yeah, we're all dads, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're can gonna we love have this. It? Can we have? Because my because my daughter is like, "Are you doing this song again?" I'm like, "Yeah," <laughs> <laughs> because it's funny for me to keep fitting uh, the lyrics for different for different shit in there, and uh, uh, but I keep also telling her that it's important to uh, to recycle. <laughs> 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 so. Basically, I'll give you just a little hint of it. I'll just read yeah. the words. I think it's pretty good. Originally, the song was uh, Jose Gonzalez. Uh, fuck, I don't remember. I've done so many of them. <laughs> but it's about a guy that did concrete for me. You know? Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's J-O-S-E Gonzalez. Uh, call me because he doesn't have a website. It's that kind of a thing. Right? It's pretty I see, funny. I see. But I just did for you. I did going off track. Went off the rails, lost my concentration, telling all these tales, going off track. Yeah, we go all some exit in New Jersey, just like Pete Steinkoff. <laughs> but more than music podcast. That's a fact. Oh, and then my daughter comes in and she's like, "Are you doing that song again?" I'm like, "Yes, it's good." To I go, "Don't you like the polar bears?" And she's like, "I love them." <laughs> John, so, you yeah. just made our screaming fans go crazy. Oh, really? oh sweet. <laughs> awesome. Anyways, that's, I'll, well, I'll, listen, I'll send you that. I have the music. Well, that's how they started. Are we recording now? Yeah. Are we going? Oh, yeah. Oh, Good. Because yeah. that's how they started. Like, uh, I was doing a uh, an interview with uh, the Purple Dinosaur podcast, which is one of a couple uh, Colorado Rockies baseball podcasts. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and theirs is different. I'll send you theirs too, so you can plug it in and just pretend like I just sent it and the shit's working. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought that their music for their podcast was bogus. And uh, what was it? What was the vibe? It's just this like uh, shitty ESPN. Like yeah, it's not. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's not bogus. It's just that it's uh, it's like free. You know, um, what you, like common use. You know, like oh, you pay. Yeah. You sure, pay a certain sure. amount and you have a whole catalog of shit and yeah. it's just this <laughs> So the show starts on the mic down down purple dinosaur cast purple dinosaur podcast <laughs> Tyler Mon and Tony Master Sign and they shit. <laughs> and uh, and then I sent them like a good version of it like I'm about to for you. And uh uh they and they started, used it. They, they use, use it? they use it all the time, and uh, oh, I've so since good. written like bumper music for them, like uh, "Meet Me in the Minchies." Because uh, <laughs> I follow them on Twitter, and they're like, "Meet Me in the Minchies." I'm like, "They say never read the comments," you know, it's, it's, it's that type of thing. Uh, anyway, how are this, you? It's nice. Uh, thanks for having me. I mean, right off the bat, this just opens up my mind into so many lines of questioning because <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about jingle writing and baseball. And you just hit me right at the beginning, which is great. But so they started using that jingle on their podcast and you actually started getting like more work and requests yeah. from it. 
Yeah, not like a ton, but a little bit because they were nice. That's awesome. and, and the first time they were like, you know, you got to help out John, you know, because the meat. And I'm like, you know what? Hey, and I just sent him an email. I'm like, that's cool, but I really appreciate that. But it's relevant. Everybody is feeling what's going on right now. So like, yeah, right. Please, please don't make it about me because I certainly am not. You know, but uh, and maybe hit me with some of that Nolan Arenado money if. Oh you know. man. I think he might be leaving. I know. I, I, so in preparation for this podcast, I did a little surfing into the local nerdy Colorado Rockies rumor mills and websites. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it seems like uh, the Rockies faithful are a little a little shook at the moment that your boy's going to go. Well, we were shook last winter, too. I mean, because it was I mean, that's the whole thing. Like him and Jeff Breidich. I don't know. I don't really get into all the drama of things, but uh, it seems like he was maybe shopping. I don't really know what happened, but he bummed out Nolan, which is strange because he did that huge deal. Right? Is that the owner of the Rockies? No, it's Who the bummed GM. Nolan out? The GM, okay. And the, the owner is Dick Monfort, who is uh, – uh, I don't know. People don't like him either. But, you know, I, I don't know. People – you know, a lot of people can complain. There's no yeah. end to it. Who knows who these, these mystery billionaires who own our teams are? Absolutely. I mean, we I suckle at their teat happily. <laughs> yeah, you're a baseball guy, right? Oh, yeah, sure. And, and what's your team? You're a Yankees guy? Yeah, diehard man, Yankees fan. Yeah. Man, uh, I made a, a comment with a friend of mine uh, who's from New York, and uh, he's a huge uh, Yankees fan. And it was right when you guys got. Um, DJ and oh yeah sure. and and I remember seeing like on Twitter then people were like DJ who and I'm like fuck you guy <laughs> like you guys yeah stoked. yeah yeah you There's guys definitely can- <laughs> I, I mean I, I I can say for sure with absolute certainty that uh, not, I wouldn't say the lion's share but a great deal of New York sports fans particularly like Yankees Giants fans. They're fans of those teams. Like Yankee Nation is big enough where, you know, and no offense to the Rockies, like a team, you know, is sort of one of the smaller sure. known teams in the National League that we don't play very often and, and you don't see in the playoffs every year right. or something. Well, so yeah, you're a typical National like team. guy who calls up to the fan and goes, you know what? I got to tell you something about Joe Torrey, okay? He was a great ball player and a great man. You know, like like that guy doesn't give a shit about Rockies baseball. Like, no of offense. Of oh. oh, is that it? No. That is my uh that's my alarm going off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go pick up my kids at school. But they uh, don't go to school anymore. So time to yeah. go off track, John. Yeah. <laughs> we sent that to you. Ah. Um so wait, then when you did the the music for the podcast does that like did that put you on like the rockies map where like now all of a sudden you're like a a rockies fan with a name and maybe you're gonna get comp the box or something soon <laughs> uh i doubt that uh but yeah i uh, even before that because i book a lot of my uh a lot of my away shows i mean well, hang on a second. First of all, have we met before? Have we met? I don't think so. We have a we have a, a very very interesting web and string. 
between us in many ways, but I don't remember. I don't think we ever met. And okay. if we did, we were like in the same room together, but okay. never got specific. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you got, you guys were playing with, uh, um, rise against and, uh, hot water music yeah. at one point. Okay. Yeah. So here, so this is funny. So, well, I was just high as shit with, <laughs> with Christopher Wallard and I was downstairs okay. taking the light bulbs. Happens. Happens. Yeah. And, uh, I've wanted to talk to you guys because it's funny for a long time. It just, it's never happened. And there's certain bands that you just don't meet, you know, because you didn't yeah. play with them and you're on tour. Like, Another example, I'm going off track just for a second, and it's and <laughs> no pun intended, it's a Tim Berry track that I'm going down, but uh like he's one of my best buds and sure. uh and we did a bunch of acoustic touring together like when he first started, but and my old band Armchair Martian was booked for some avail shows. I was stoked, oh, cool. but then but then they had to cancel uh for some reason or or not go through with them. They didn't cancel like a book show, you know, but they weren't able to do the trip that was suggested. And I never saw a veil, you know oh, what I mean? Bummer. Like it, like it's crazy, you know? Um, but anyways, uh, so anyways, you guys, I never saw your band and I, it's a great band, great songs. And uh, yeah, but I wasn't familiar with the band whenever Tony Weinbender. So <laughs> I think it was 2008. Mm-hmm. I went out to Pierce's Chris Pierce's mm-hmm. and, uh, and I was wonderful re- Chris Pierce. Absolutely. And I was going to record some music for this record and, uh, which is kind of still how I do it. I just record in different places. I don't really have a, I'm not really a solo artist, you know, I'm a band guy, but I like to record with different people. So I knew Mikey Erd right. was out there right. and Joe Keller and, and those dudes and a bunch of yeah, different people. Right. And Tony Weinbinder goes, well, there's this band and they're really good. They're called the Gaslighting. And you should ask them. I'll call them up, have them play on it. I'm like, you know, I'm sure they're great, but uh, I'm going to record with Chris, you know? And like, yeah. that's not cool. So I went there and I said something to him about it kind of on the last day. And he's like, oh, yeah. Like, were you guys in a band together? Like, did you have another little fun side band? Is that, is that Cr- possible? With Chris Pierce? Yeah. Uh, I was never in a band with Chris Pierce, but I've okay. been connected with him and recorded stuff with them, like, you know, since I was like a little kid for sure. sure. Okay. I think uh, at that time, uh, Alex and I, the guitar player, were still doing our, our stoner metal band, Spiro Agnew. And I believe <sighs> Chris may have contributed to like one of the recordings okay. through the process of that. But yeah, definitely in our world for sure. I mean, and of course, I was a 15 year old Doc Hopper fan in New Jersey. Yeah. Like, uh, like many people were. So sure. I mean I I mean but you found a good group of people to play with Mikey Erg and all that. So is no, that how you usually choose like a studio? Is like you're really you know the board and the desk and you know nerds like Brad are less important as as you're actually just looking to like find a group of musicians who who, who you can get into into the studio. Uh, there's not really a lot of thought that goes into it, to be honest with you. It's, okay. uh, cause, uh, I mean, I've made records before where, uh, I've had a schedule, right? not a lot of them, um, to be honest. Um, and those are good. Um, actually like one of the, like a drag the river record called you can't live this way. That's arguably a lot of people love that record and that, cause that just sounds like one just sonically 
you know, it sounds great because yeah, we had sure. all the same sounds and, uh, and it's good. And I like that record a lot and we put a lot of thought into it. But the record before called It's Crazy was recorded kind of in this type of, more like a Rolling Stones record where they, one song's in France, you know, one song <laughs> right, was, right, right, right. you know, like just kind of wherever. And I just, I like doing that. I like both, you know, but yeah. I prefer It's Crazy over You Can't Live This Way. Chad Price prefers You Can't Live This Way. And that's fine. You know, that's why now, we were good together because we're two different people. Now, now that you have like an A and B, I mean, do you think in general, you know, when you're doing takes or recording a record that that just the vibe and the feeling of something is, is that much more important than than perfection? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I uh, I kind of always had a thing where like. I'm not getting it by like the third time. It's time to move on to another song, mm. you know, but yeah. normally get it, you know, but then uh, if it's not good, I've said this many times. So if people are listening and they've heard me say this before, but it's, it's worth repeating. Like when people made records, like the first time they ever made a record, yeah. I mean, they weren't like, we got to put this out in September. You know, like, what do you mean? We got to get everything lined up, you know, like they put it out because it was good. You know, someone was like, you know, I keep listening to this thing and it's good. We should find a way that more than, you know, your mom can hear it, you know, you know, (laughs) right. So I don't, so I don't know. That's kind of how I am. Like two, two of the songs I did with Pierce that are on the last record I did, um, uh, yeah, they were kind of demos, you know? Right. I mean, like, uh, but they ended up being good, in my opinion, you know? Like, I yeah. Mark Bronzino played bass just because a show that he was playing. Um, what's that place? The Hunka Bunka? Hunka Bunka? <laughs> the, the old Starland Ballroom. Yes. yes yeah, the yes. old Hunka Bunka. Wow. Right. How do you know of Hunka Bunka as a West Coaster? This is impressive. I'll tell you what. I am a rock and roller. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I heard Mike here talk, talk oh, okay. about playing oh, okay, the hunk. Okay. He's like, I get yeah. to play the hunk of bunker. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That's Mike Eerie territory. He's he's like he's like a borderline bay rat, like when you're getting down that way. Yeah. I love him. I've known one him of the a best. Long, long one time. of the best. What a great yeah. drummer, great singer. Mm-hmm. He's a little Mike Eric appreciation moment. Yeah. He's great. But when you're doing just, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. When you're doing that stuff um, now, uh, uh, when you're approaching people to collaborate with you, are you, are you coming with a lot of ideas? Um, So so you're, you're coming in fresh and, and for everyone's input as you go. Yes. Like the next time I come and record something in New Jersey, you know, if you want to play on it, it, it's like, uh, yeah. What do you think? You know, I mean, cause I can, I can, I don't know. There's people having a vision and stuff. That's great. That's cool. Like Bowie or, you know, somebody yeah, like that. Right. Awesome. But I like the, I don't know. I still like the camaraderie of just playing music. And uh, like, for example, like I'd said it before in Drag the River, we had, you know, three different drummers. There was Jason Livermore and yeah. there was, uh, and there was uh, Paul Rucker and uh, David Barker. And they're mm-hmm. all great in their own right obviously, but there's certain songs of ours, like from the back catalog that I preferred to play with different drummers, you know? Sure. And, and sometimes because they didn't play it anything like the record, you know, 
Like right, I played, right. like I went out and did one of those online shows for this record. I, I went to LA. I wrapped myself up like a Devo. And, uh, <laughs> and I was very safe when I did it. Uh, wore gloves and uh, looked like Devo. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, masked it up. Anyways, I uh, went out there and uh, uh, Neil Hennessy played drums. Okay, me. Lawrence Arms. Ooh. Yeah, because I wanted people that had played on the record. You know, like my original idea was then to go to Tulsa and have Stephen Egerton play drums, and okay. then have and then have Zach Blair come up, come sure. up and play okay, guitar, yeah. like just people that played on it. And you know, uh, originally, but Joe Keller, I think, had something he had to do, and we were going to do it in October. But I was going to go. The Ergs were going to be my backing band. That nice. was the that was the original thing, and then we were going to do it this month in November, and then I'm like, you know what? Like that's again, that, maybe that's just overdoing it, you know. So I, I think mm. I'll still do that like next year, because um, okay. I, I want to do it. But you know, again, like who do I think I am? I got to do it every month, you know. Like just <laughs> just relax, dude. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the one with Neil, and then my friend Sam, uh, he was in the band Agent Orange, and he played with uh, Dick Dale. Uh, okay. He, cool. He's a guy I've guy I've known forever and ever, and he's super great. Um, anyways, so we played, and I told them both, and they knew this. I'm like, what, whatever you feel. Like I know I just made this new record, but you don't have to play it like a record. <laughs> you know, let's nice. just play play whatever feels good, and and we'll roll with that. And uh, and then when we left doing that show, which you guys or who whoever whoever's listening to this should think about it. Uh, uh, the place I just did it at in Los Angeles, it was the social sanctuary. They're yeah. not paying me to do this, you know, obviously. Um, but I think it was something like, you know what, like a big budget video costs. I mean, it's a crazy amount. Like, oh, man, I yeah. could use that to pay this the last six years of my house off. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, right, right. Uh, but they got nothing going on and they just shared all that with us. And it looks awesome. Oh, wow. Like That's it looks right. like, it looks like VH1 or like some kind of MTV, you know, live band thing because that's what it is. You know, <laughs> like yeah. it's the, it's where, you know, you Billy got your I, unplugged moment. Yeah. It was pretty good. Like, which I like to say, it was pretty funny. Like I got a, I got a good document of the third practice. <laughs> we practiced yeah. for three days in Los Angeles at my friend's house who has a great studio. And, yeah. uh, and then, uh, but anyways, I'd never played live with either of those dudes. Wow. Like that was the first time in it. And it came out pretty good. Cause you know, it's that kind of thing. You know, I wasn't whip cracking. Like let's just play, you know, play music. That's awesome. And when you're, you know, like when you're listening back to the, to the whole record and, you know, you know, you're, you're at home listening to mixes or something, you know, since, as you said, you don't have that David Bowie grandeur of some ethereal sort of thing you're, you're trying to tell people, yeah. um, like what, what is it that's most important to you that people get from either the music or the lyrics or the whole thing? Like, like, what's the intention uh if that isn't the intention uh i don't know i mean nowadays i'm definitely trying not to take myself very seriously i mean right. i do take it seriously but jeez man i mean <laughs> it's a short <laughs> life man who cares <laughs> like right, friend, yeah. i i finally got it this friend of mine and uh he was a drummer and he passed away and he was a great buddy of mine and he made a comment a long time ago. It was like the first 
big tour Armchair Martian got to go on mm-hmm. and kind of blast because we never, I've never really done any support touring. I mean, I've done some, but like not a lot, but yeah, uh, I think it was just because the, the fans of Lagwagon did not like Armchair Martian because <laughs> okay. we just sounded already sounded like dad rock you know yeah I mean? right, like, right right just, right but and it's fine like i think i mean i play punk music i guess but you're from the midwest you like fuzzy guitars what can you do i do i, do. I like husker do and I like yeah it's just songs. it's in the blood it's in the blood it is right okay and uh uh where was i going i was saying something uh it's your drummer um told you something Oh, no, it wasn't. Well, yeah, it was Derek from Lagwagon. And oh, okay. he, was, he was in a bad time of his life. Um, and he's just like, it's too many songs, dude. Nobody likes your songs. They don't, you know? And I'm like, what? He's like, he's like, you don't need to write any more songs. There's enough songs out there. I'm like, oh, my God. That's wow. So and, uh, but, you know, a year later, I mean, me and him record a song together. I mean, like, he was just in a bad place. And he just was, you know, being harsh. Which, sure. but I kind of liked hearing it too. But he did love my songs, you know, and we made a lot of music together. Um, but uh, later, but um, he was kind of right, you know. It's like, how many fucking songs do you need? So I used to put out a bunch of records. Like I thought you, you had to be like the Who or like Who's Could Do and put out a record every year. And now I'm like, yeah, I think when the songs are good, we'll put them out. I'm not going to be too precious about them either. Right. But then the jingle thing, I mean, <laughs> I wrote like 33 little songs in like two months, you know, <laughs> those take like five minutes to write, you know, um, has, has, any, yeah, yeah. has anything started as a jingle and then you're like, nah, it's too good. I'm making that a song. Oh, well there's this one song. Uh, no, I think I'm going to use them all. Uh, not all, <laughs> but, but some of them, there's a song. Uh, so I misunderstood uh, my buddy saying, we need to write a song for my uh, uh, for my niece, and because uh, she is graduating high school or maybe college, I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, she's graduating, and it wasn't going to be fun because there's a pandemic going on. It was super right. bummer. I'm yeah. like, oh, I go, okay, yeah, I can do that. I go, what's her name? And he goes, he said Peyton Marie, but I thought she. He said. Partying Marie, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I got it. Partying Marie, you know. So, so I write this party Marie song, kind of like a Dion type song, you know, like okay, Party yeah. Marie. And uh, so, anyways, <laughs> I made all these stupid little videos on my phone. Um, my friend's son taught me how to use the uh, iMovie or whatever, and uh, right, right, it's not that hard. And uh, but I just ripped off all of the uh, like a a trailer for that movie, the Marie Antoinette movie that uh, Sophia <laughs> Coppola did. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm like, oh, I'm going to write a song called Party Marie about Marie Antoinette. <laughs> so I'm going to rewrite those words, and it's going to be sweet. <laughs> it's good. And that's going to be a full track. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that deserves that deserves some uh, some lines. Oh, man. Lines for sure. You know that she's a partier. She was out of control. Yeah, <laughs> like, Marie Antoinette. She had bars. You know she had bars. Um, well, speaking of that, speaking of yeah, Marie Antoinette, know, speaking of Marie. <laughs> but you know what? Speaking of bars, I do often uh, marvel at the song "Killer Queen" for just like you know 
so smoothly dropping Marie Antoinette into a mm. song, you know, like, Oh yeah, that's right. There's yeah. not a lot of people who can get away with just dropping that into a song. And you're like, Oh, that was cool. <laughs> you know, uh, it, more often than not would fail by most people. I think that's such a great, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to lift some lyrics from that. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Killer Queen could be perfect for the Marie Antoinette track. Killer fucking Queen. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right. All right now, now you owe me points. Um, sure. What's, what's a verse in song history that you wish you wrote? Mm. Uh, mm. We're going to have to come back to that. All right. Drag it around. Probably, it's probably a Warren Zevon line. Or it's okay. A good one. I love Mr. Warren Zevon. Yeah, that's a that's an under underappreciated artist in these days. Or is it I think it's getting kind of hip to like Warren Zevon, right? Is it? Yeah, yeah I've, I've been hearing the name pop up. I think it's the cool kids maybe it's, know. Yeah, it's made its way to Brooklyn, probably. <laughs> um, well, I mean, he's awesome. You know? Yeah. Like awesome. I remember like he kinda got some cool uh or got a little more known with maybe younger people back when uh he did that record Sentimental Hygiene and mm-hmm. REM was his backing band. Oh, okay. That song. That record's awesome. I don't know. Yeah, I've never listened. So he made it oh. to the he made it to the indie rock Illuminati at, at that like point. college rock and like the yeah. that was like nineteen eighty nine okay. or something. I think. I mean, maybe check it out. It might be eighty seven. I'm not yeah. sure. It was it was pretty early on because I was really into. Uh, I liked I liked REM okay, but I really liked um, the guy Mitch Easter who had gotten credit. You know, produced a bunch of their records, and he was okay. on Let's Active. And uh, so when I was young, um, I mean, yeah, I got into that Let's Active record and I loved it. Wait, what is the Let's Active record? I'm not sure about this guy. It's called, well, it's a record called Big Plans for Everybody. And uh, it's, you know, it's got like, check it out. It's on IRS records. (laughs) 1996, man. Like it's old, you know. you know, it's like people got into that label because, you know, they maybe uh, the police, you know, probably kind of helped usher all that in, you know. Right, right, right. Um, so, but, yeah, I, I listened to music when I was really young. I mean, I'm 48 years old now, you know. Do you know that Brad won't tell us his age on there? <laughs> I'm older I'm than 48, I'll tell you that. Oh, Are you? all right. Okay. Huh. Fun. Yeah, you guys might have spent some time together in the late 80s. In the pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was in the pit once. How did it go? It was the it's first fun. pit I was ever in and the last. <laughs> if only once, I can imagine it didn't go great. What was the context no, there? Actually, it was twice. I mean, I like tweaked my back in a, uh, at a Fugazi show once too. Um, but okay. no, I was, uh, I lost my glasses. Oh. Terrible. Yeah. And, but I'll tell you what. It was also, it was so beautiful because I lost him. I'm like, well, that was fun. You know, like, like, and uh, this, then this girl, just super sweet girl, like walks up and hands me these glasses and they're mine and they weren't screwed up. And it was awesome. It was like a, I don't know, like a peanuts. 
cartoon or something. Yeah, yeah, that finished nicely. So you're kind of like one for one. So you just like leave it there. I've definitely been in some pits, but uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't like getting through them, you know, to go to the bathroom, you know. So. <laughs> right, right. Like, I, like I recently had to go through one, like the last place I was at the Roxy in uh, Los Angeles. I went to see uh, uh, Good Riddance played and I went down nice. there. And it was when I was working on a, a record and uh, I went there. And if you know that room, you know, you kind of, I just kind of had to go through the, the, or it was super crowded and I just kind of had to go through the pit. I'm like, I'm going to do it. It's like a skateboard, you know, like, let's go. And uh, <laughs> just bounced off a couple of dudes and got through. It was, it was, it worked out. Did you, yeah. pull, you, you, did you pull your glasses off first? No. <laughs> you went for it. <laughs> I just went with like the attitude of like one of those what what do you call them? Like scene vets, you know, that right, I, okay. when I was young, I'm like, ah, you know, not, not aggro or anything like, sure. cool, but I'm like, yeah, you don't want to run into that old guy. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. 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 That, that, that's the confidence that, that comes with age where you just, it's less about knowing how to fight and more about not being afraid to get hit. You know? Yeah. Right. I'm not afraid of it. I mean, I've been wailed. I, I, uh, I threw my arm out of socket when I was 18 years old. And before that, I mean, I, I'd skateboarded pretty hard and, uh, and it really sucks. Cause I, then I had to kind of start, um, uh, favor, you know, favoring it or, you know, kind of mm. just, just being oh, yeah. safe with it. And you screw um, up your back if you end up, you know, like you're favoring one side and the next thing you know, you've screwed your back up. Right. I think I've kind of done that. I think I'm going to go to, uh, there's this new thing. Um, cause I keep like my ankle, well, I've had little parts started in the, in the left side of my fingers and just kind of this numbness that kind of goes and has moved all the way around. And I think it's about to finally started to get my left finger and it's about to shoot out my right pinky toe. Um, cause I've been trying to stretch and, you know, I ride my bike, you know, and I try to do things straight. Uh, but I think I want to go to these, you know, how your phone listens to you. And knows yeah. like what do they call that? You know, you're like, huh? I really need a wheelbarrow. And then, <laughs> yeah. There's a wheelbarrow right there. It's on sale. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, but I was talking about how like I just feel like I need to get stretched from all points, like I'm being quarter horsed or whatever you call it. You know, yeah. like to- <laughs> torn in half, like the man called horse. Yeah, you know like the end I mean? of Braveheart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I feel like I just need to get stretched. There's just something in there that's kind of kinked. Uh, anyways, there we go. Let's so what did on. you find? What did your phone tell you? Oh, it told me of this place. It's the stretch place. Stretch for Collins. <laughs> I'm like, are you shitting me? <laughs> okay, I'm in. <laughs> so I'm going to do that next Well, not next week. Uh, I'm going to do it, you know, whenever it gets safe again. As in like yoga? Kind of like just, a yoga thing, I just think. stretching. It's like Stretch. passive yoga. They do all the stretching for you. <laughs> yeah, you just lay there. Well, I haven't. Smoke. It's Colorado, man. That's the new age. You smoke a J, lay <laughs> on the floor, and some hippie just moves your body around. It's, it's really nice. I was doing the hot yoga thing, though. For like, uh, Oh, you were? Body. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, man, that wipes you out, and you just sure. stoked. Uh, I look forward to doing that again whenever it's uh, it's possible. You know? What's your- I just got to get the kinks out of me. and. Here's a true story. Like when I was, I was traveling with, uh, 
And I'm only naming these folks because I think you probably know them, you know, right? <laughs> but uh, but uh, Chad Darby had a, his girlfriend at the time, and Chad Darby was playing with uh, uh, Wallard and the Ship right, Thieves. Right. And uh, he's in Sam I Am. And uh, his girlfriend is like a, yeah, like a personal trainer, you know, massage right. therapist, mm-hmm. you know, gets the kinks out. So I went to go, she went to help me or I, could, I went to her place and this was like maybe 10 years ago. And uh, she was so nice. And she was like, all right, you got to go. When you go back home though, you got to find somebody. I'll, I'll do some research for you and you just got to continue this. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I can continue. So I'm just thinking things are good, right? Just maybe continue and stick with it. And then later that night at the show, uh, Darby see, uh, sees me and he goes, oh man, He's like, so was that okay and comfortable for you? And I'm like, yeah, it was cool. He's like, yeah, she told me you are fucked up. I know. <laughs> like, what? like she had really good bedside manner, you know? Yeah, like, right. Continue with this. He's like, no, you are fucking uh, thrashed. Oh, no. <laughs> so for the past 10 years, I mean, I've been trying to kind of on my own, you know, like strat, you know, try to do things. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, um, in that kind of way. I've definitely sat at a massage table where I sat down and just heard somebody go like, Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, great. Yeah. Tell me about it. You know, (laughs) try having it in there. I I quickly went from like guy who was weird about being touched, you know, kind of like old school, like, no, I'm not going to let someone like rub my body within like a year. I'm at like, you know, a festival in Germany putting my name on some yeah. sign up sheet to have some some rando who's touched just touched like you know twelve <laughs> guitar techs for Slayer like right before me. I'm like, I don't care. I need my fifteen minutes. Yeah. Can I take my jeans off? I don't care either. You know, like I, I definitely I broke the seal and went in pretty hard, but you know, bad necks and arms and backs, you know, I'll do that to you. Yeah. I still don't I still don't really know. Uh uh, how to handle like are you supposed to take like you wear your underwear right i mean you're you definitely to- yeah 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 i mean you know I, I do feel like this day and age or whatever style of place you're going you gotta you gotta wear your underwear right doing yeah okay. anything past that is like Either like you're strange or you're like trying to do something creepy. With okay, that's what I thought too. But I also felt like I was at this place where like I like my back was thrown out and I felt like he's new. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. I'm like, fuck, no, I don't. <laughs> you know? Oh, dude, that's the worst when you get you you're all excited, your back's all messed up and someone with just these slappy noodle hands yeah. starts and you're like, you know, get in there. Like, you know, this is a, a broken back of a broken man. Like, you really got to, you know, you got to yeah. dig in. Yeah. So you get kind of wiped out. Like, is it from drumming? Yeah, I actually, I have nothing between two of the vertebrae in my neck. And I'm bone on bone. So I'm actually at like a pain management situation where I can't like improve it, you know? And eventually, when I get old and shitty, I might have to get surgery. I don't want to. You might want to talk to Livermore, seriously. Um, He had to do something like that. What you're describing to me sounds like what he had to do. Did he have surgery? He did. Yeah, I'm looking for like, you know, 
I'm just hoping enough like black seed oil and stretch and like shit like that. I'm like, can yeah. the fucking Buddha come help me or something? I don't want to get <laughs> surgery. I don't know. That no. scares me even more. Like, yeah. Geez. I had to get surgery for my, uh, I broke my ankle at the, uh, um, at the Whitewater Tavern in Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, uh, okay. We played a show and, uh, oh boy, I was, Sky high. And, uh, I <laughs> Are you was, hanging with Bill Clinton? <laughs> I, you know what? The first time that uh, we ever played in in Little Rock it was, it was at Vino's, and um, we were mm. so late that the show was done. Right? Oh, I mean, no. locked, locked up. You know, I mean, they were locking up. Like they were literally putting tables. I mean, chairs on the tables, and we're like, oh shit, <laughs> sorry, because I thought we hadn't really toured much, right? And I thought I'm looking as the crow flies. I'm like, oh, let's go this way, you know, through the through the Ozarks. Why we gotta go all the way down to St. Louis and then down the <laughs> go through this? That took forever. Mission, you know. So we get there though, and um, they were so cool. We had this mutual friend that was from there, and she had already called ahead, like, man, I wish I was there. And so they were waiting for us, and they made us one of their big pizzas, and and they're like, let's go on this roof. And we were on the roof of, uh, it was halfway through, you know, like he was, uh, uh, it was before his second term, right? Okay. And, it was, and it was his, uh, what do you call that? You know, like his, you know, one of the little headquarters, you know, like for his, uh, his office. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. We were. Uh, like a campaign. Like, campaign yeah. spot. Here's yeah, the yeah. thing, man. Guys. Uh, my brain doesn't work like it used to work. Uh, I can't think of words a lot. We're on your side. We're going to put this together. We're going <laughs> to... Don't worry about it. Oh, no. Don't edit anything. I'm just... No. Like, oh, no, no. No edits. Oh, yeah. Good, good. good. No. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you were on my side and you would make me sound smarter. No, and, no. I'm just saying we're on your team, man. You know? Yeah. Like we're all in this together here. We're yeah. we're on a Zencaster in different yeah. parts of the world. Well, I, I should say America. That's a little, you know. Where are you guys all at, actually? I'm on the Lower right. East Side of Manhattan. Oh, okay. That's New York City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm in Jersey. I'm in like Central Jersey. I just moved out by the river. What exit? Uh not. It's not applicable. Okay. <laughs> to where I live. There's no I'm just trying to- and I fucking don't like that game, John. Um, okay. <laughs> so you still haven't gotten to how you broke your ankle. So is that a lame thing? What, when people say what exit? Oh, for sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mike Eric never taught you that? No. Oh. I would have so, figured the Ergs would have put you in your place by now. They don't suffer fools lightly. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> what fucking exit. God I wish damn. I had something for Colorado. I, I don't know. I don't know. Rocky Mountain High, John Denver yeah. lyrics. I guess that's the only thing I could get you on. This place is awesome. Where I, I mean, I've lived here half my life now. Um, I came yeah, here. So, so where exactly are you? You're in Fort Collins? Yes, sir. Yeah. Beautiful. It's a. Uh, it's a college town, you know, so it's like being in uh, Gainesville or Columbus, Ohio, or Lawrence, Kansas, or yeah, you know. It's a lot uh, going and it, on. it's a state college, you know. Um, it's awesome. I love it here, and the the weather 
the thing, there's something interesting, like it's called Fort Collins and obviously someone set up shop here. Right. Um, yeah. And they chose a good spot because I think it's because of where the mountains are clearly. I mean, there's wind sometimes, but like one hour North of us, like where Laramie, Wyoming is, I mean, it is, it's fucked. <laughs> you know I mean? You, you get out of your car to like put gas in it and you just, you yeah. just fly, you just fly away, <laughs> you know? Um, something about it, like we're just tucked in and we get three more days of sunshine a year than San Diego. It's more like San Diego. I can stand on my roof and see the mountains beginning, you know, or, or walk a half block down the street, and, you know, and see them. But like, we're really close, but the weather's amazing, you know, when hey, it's, John, you know, yeah. I think I can tell you exactly why you have that kind of weather. It's because in 1862, Camp Collins was built by the Ninth Kansas <laughs> Volunteer Cavalry to protect travelers and settlers along the Colorado branch of the Overland Trail. <laughs> and now a flood in June 1864 sent the soldiers to higher ground near present-day Old Town. Oh, so if that's by where you live, yeah. that means the, the they may they got flooded out and made an elaborate move up into the mountains to protect themselves from water oh. and have better weather. So wait, were we more east? Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, are, I, I couldn't tell you the the topography of Fort Collins, but I guess. Uh, did you say that they moved west into Old Town? It said it sent the soldiers to higher ground near present day Old Town. That's all it said. Yeah, I think they probably came west. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a bluff out there. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it's nice, buddy. So like, they saw the bluff. They're like, "We got to get out of here." Yeah, We're going up. We got to boom over to that bluff. Yeah, and I guess one of them was start and uh, started a college. This but, town, like seriously, it is. Uh, you know how people always complain where they're from, you know? I mean, they, they do it here, and I'm like, you guys are crazy, you know? When, <laughs> right, right. when you're lucky like us and get to travel around, I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. know where else I would live. Switzerland, you know, maybe? Right, sure. I mean, that's it, that's like what, what we are here, you know? I mean, where you can, like, just drive up in the mountains and go skiing, or you can uh, drive the other way and get in the river and go swimming in totally yeah. clear water, you know? Like, You've never they, had coastal dreams? No. Um, I've, you know, I feel like, you know, what we get to do, I get to see all those places. I don't need to live those places. I like That's it. true. I, I like it here. Like, I spent a lot of time in, like, Santa Barbara, California, and uh, San Diego. And I love those towns. If I needed to go somewhere else, it would be that type of place. But I like the smaller town. And, uh Yeah. No, it's this 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 place is the best. Okay. If you have you ever been here? Uh yes. I played there once. I don't remember where. But I do remember the venue being across from like a gun slash pawn shop, like strip mall oh, yeah. kind of deal. Oh strip. Um, yeah. Uh it was like in a mini strip mall. That's about all I remember. Um but yeah, I have been there once. I have a vague recollection. Uh I remember the weather being nice mm. and that gun store. And that's about <laughs> it. Yeah, that's about it, I'm afraid. So I, I don't think I dug into Fort Collins. I'm pretty much. sure that I played there a few times. And I think one time was actually with all in Fort Collins. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And I remember. And what band was that? Uh, 
I th- when we played with uh, it might have been with the Go- I was in the Goops in like oh, okay. in the 90s and then okay and then I played in oh, this band Goops. called Clowns for Progress too yeah wait the Goops was there a girl yeah in band? Eleanor was a singer oh man this is such a funny story do you remember talking to Carl Alvarez in the afternoon before the show it was at the college uh no <laughs> okay well, because me and some other people, you know, from his band, we're like, it's the funniest thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, yeah. I'll tell you the story later. <laughs> you- <laughs> no, no, need- no, spit it out. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really know how to, how to. I kind of need to use my hands to tell the story. It's all right. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, this is already the second thing you need. I still, I still need the the best verse in history from you. So you can't keep that, keep that in your head too. So, John, I think this is a good time to pivot into our segment called Mystery Friend. Okay. Now, in this segment, I will describe something you told to me by one of your friends. Oh, I'd like you to elaborate on this, oh, and then uh, you need to tell me which one of your mystery friends told me. Mikey Erg. No, <laughs> it wasn't Mikey. You're already out. You just thought of the Jersey thing. That's it. Do, uh, do I get to ask though? Like, is it like a twenty questions thing? No, super quick. It's not even a question, really. So, okay. Apparently. Is this it's actually usually a mystery friend is someone being like, hey, we were in uh, Austria and we got drunk and he took his right. penis out, you know, right. like something like that. This is a little different. Okay. Your friend told me a quote that you said, okay, which is lovely. It's that every city has, in quotes, the place. Oh, yeah. And every place has, in quotes, the thing. Yeah. Now, that's a lovely phrase. Every city has the place and every place has the thing. Uh-huh. I truly feel that when you said it. And I think oh, yeah. it's kind of like a touring man sentiment or a touring woman. Excuse me. It's a phrase. Chuck Reagan told you that. Chuck Reagan did tell me that. So <laughs> what, what that's all right. You nailed the mystery friend part, but what, what, it, what does that lovely phrase like exactly mean to you? Well, you know, I mean, I, I always would say that like, uh, and it's true. It's true. Even now, even more than ever, like like in and out Burger just opened here, right? Oh, and really? In-N-Out Burger is right. <laughs> so you're excited. And I am too. It's good. Um, it's really good. I like it. But when you go, okay, this is not a good example, actually, because In-N-Out Burger isn't everywhere. But I feel like when you go to a different town, you need to go to like a mom and pop kind of place or like, you know, right. not a chain restaurant. And you need to try that out. And when you go there, then you go like, all right, what's the thing? What's the thing you guys do here? Mm. Oh, that's the thing? Oh, your French toast? Let's do it. You know, like, what's the thing people come in for all the time? You know? like You go in with your arms open. Dealer's choice. Yeah, let's go for it. Tell me what everyone likes. And if you're, like, at that place in, like, Ohio that does, like, uh, the chili that's like spaghetti, Sometimes yeah, skyline, skyline chili. Yeah, sometimes it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know people love that, but I, I'm not a fan. But 
you know, I'll I've try. watched people eat that a dozen times and I'm a vegetarian, so I never got down. But oh, Skyline Chili has the crinkle cut fries. Oh, I love those. And you can get a handful of fucking shredded cheese on top of it and it oh. just melts right in. So I like Skyline Chili for the uh, fat boy cheese fries. So I've never oh, actually God. had the chili. Yeah, those are like White Castle fries. Love, yeah, like it's so good. Oh, I love those fries. What is it about cold shredded cheese being dropped on a burning hot fry and melting in? I'll take that any day. Well, like are you eat. are you a poutine man? Oh, hell yeah, oh, yeah. if I can find oh, it. Yeah, if I can find a veggie poutine, I'll always get down. Oh, for sure. We make that at my wife's bar here in Fort Collins. And, uh, and that's kind of what we do at that place. Like, we don't have many things, but they're all the thing, you know? It's, so, uh, so poutine is like the food of food of choice at the bar. Well, it's pizza. I mean, a guy, the guy who started the the bar, Johnny. He's he's from New York, and it's. Uh, I mean, it's people talk about the water and this and that. So yeah, maybe it's different, but I mean, it's it's a good giant floppy slice of New York pizza. Like that's it's nice. I heard yeah. it's so. I, I recently, fairly a few years back, somebody opened a. A, a pretty gourmet pizza place in the neighborhood I was living in, and we became friendly with each other. And actually became very renowned quickly after. And and one day I'm in there. I had worked in a lot of like shitty pizza places when I was younger, so I was trying to you know drop my knowledge. And we're talking. I'm like, yeah. So it's it's the water, right? He's like, no. And he kind of like threw his hand down and kind of schooled me that it's a bit of a misconception. And that all these places that ship like Brooklyn water down to Florida to make pizza are kind of wasting their time. He says it's about the air Hmm. and everything's about the, the yeast and the moisture and the temperature, like the weather outside is what actually dictates the flavor of the crust. And, and uh, after years of going there, I think he's onto something because I, I can literally change. I can Taste the crust changing flavor as the seasons go. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. 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 Pizza. <laughs> better than the winter time. Summertime pizza. I love it in the winter time. Oh, that's it. Summertime pizza. You know I love it in the winter time. Pizza. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, I love that like Sabbath riff got in there. That was great. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I do my jingles. It's like if if it takes more than five minutes, it's not happening. I I think you're like a you could be if cable TV still existed, you could be the local cable TV like legend with, dude, with tracks like this. Dude, I want to be. I uh, you know, I think you know, touring and stuff uh, is obviously going to be so different, you know, and uh, sure. and you know, I've never real, I've never been into. Okay, so a long time ago, um, Mountain Dew asked me to do a song for them or wow, my band, okay. my band. And I'm which, like, yeah. which band drag the river. Okay. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, I was just punk, you know, yeah. and I'm yeah. like, I my tunes, man. You know, like, I don't know. I was, I was dumb, but I was like, I'll only do it. If the commercial is like the old seventies ones with like the dudes climbing on the rope and, you know, <laughs> right. swinging into the river, like yeah. we'll redo, do it, do it, Mountain Dew, come on! You know, like I wanted to do that, and they were not into that idea. Like, they, you know, so I super blew it. And uh, but now a days, um, 
like there's a couple like Colorado companies and there's a couple things. I mean, I'm giving like, I think everyone should do this as, you know, as long as it's not something lame. I mean, I, I like promoting other people, you know, like on Twitter. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm always, if someone puts out a new record, I'm like, Oh, you know, like I, I like doing that. And, uh, if it's an okay company, there's this one company in particular that I've talked to, um, but you know, nothing's happening yet. Obviously there's no shows, but I kind of want to do something with them around, um, cause they like the Rockies too. All right. So, <laughs> so I'm like, you're not only are they going to get a song, like every goddamn night I'll write a new song on stage for, for these people. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, and I think it's a brilliant <laughs> idea because like they love the Rockies. I'm going to be, you know, uh, you know, let me look at my phone here. Like, uh, yeah, I'll be on the East Coast if everything works out, right? Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I'll just give you the quick rundown here really quick because I'm really excited about it. Uh, <laughs> and if these guys blow it, you know, someone else can do it. But uh, here we go. Here it comes. Yeah, shows 2021. Baseball. Here we go. Uh, yeah, so March, it says Florida slash Arizona, spring training with a question mark. Uh, and then a okay. April, that's – these are my – like these obviously aren't booked. This is just my my dream, you know. Um, if I need to go to L.A., I'm going in April. If I need to go to San Francisco, I'm going in April, nice. May. Yeah. I think I might go to Missouri and see my mom and play in St. Louis and Kansas City. Mm -hmm. uh, or, oh, I also have 24 through 31, New England, New York, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, et cetera. May 29th, Jose's birthday. You know, I like to put <laughs> birthdays and shit in there. Oh, hey, Hopper. What's up? Okay. Hang on a second. What's up? I can't. I'm, I'm talking on the on the on the internet. You want to come say hi? No. Okay. How's my son? <laughs> Hopper, rocket from the crypt, Snodgrass. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, how old is that one? That one is six. And you have another, yes? Tanner. She's nine. That's Tanner Lee. I named both of them after San Diego rock bands. <laughs> well i mean done. tanner i mean tanner really is you know i mean it's tanner boyle uh from the bad news bears but uh <laughs> but um i think tanner the band named their band after tanner boyle too you know that's awesome did uh, is she like like panning out like tanner boyle at all like no. personality wise no, no okay. hopper hopper's the one who's the oh dick. okay okay <laughs> I love interesting he, twist. He, interesting twist. Bad. Well, and he looks like him too. I mean, he's got the blonde hair and he plays baseball oh. and he's hardcore. Got to uh, get, yeah. Okay. Love he's, that. He, he's, he's pretty good. Uh, I mean, but I think he keeps saying, I mean, he's been playing for three years now and they always have him playing a year up. Nice. Uh, yeah. When, Who's like, his favorite player right now? Um, he said, he said something funny, <clears throat> like if we go back to the Rockies thing earlier this year, I'm just like, man, we just, he, he overhears me. I'm like, man, we just, we just don't have any pitchy. And, and he goes, we have Sensatella. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> right. I'm like, we do. Cause <laughs> Sensatella actually pitched, I think close to a perfect game this year. Um, I don't yeah, want to. He had one, I, I think. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. And uh, yeah. he's he stepped up. 
he did he did great. I mean, I like Sensatella too, but like, I love that your six year old even saying that word. That's fucking funny. Oh, it's the best. He's yeah, it's the best. Um, All right, so before we get too far off this, I'd feel remiss because. Chuck Reagan's like my spirit animal and I never want to okay. disappoint him. Okay. Part of his mystery friend question was to also ask you in regards to every city has the place and every place has the thing to ask John, ask him what his favorite thing is in his favorite place. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably a lettuce wrapped hamburger at in and out burger. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, there was this, um, I kind of started that for the triple rock. I was talking about, uh, I oh, made yeah. a joke about, uh, made food at the triple rock. Yeah. I actually made a comment about how, uh, not only is, uh, the triple rock, the place you want to go to, to eat your food. It's the place where you play. Right. You know? Yeah. There's a better way I said it. God damn it. It's kind of like when I talk about baseball, how much I love it. You know that uh, the Lemonhead song about um, uh, how's it go? Uh, how he's lying about being the outdoor type. You know that? Vaguely, yeah, vaguely. It was like I lied about lied about being the outdoor type, something like that. But yeah. it's about him trying to uh, be like a Chuck Reagan type dude and, right. and, and impress this girl, right? So what I like to say, say about baseball is, uh, yeah, I love baseball because it's good to get outside, you know? Like, I just <laughs> love getting out there and smelling grass. And it's outside, but it's also kind of inside, too. <laughs> <laughs> you got a seat. You can have a hot dog. <laughs> it's deep, yo. It's deep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's not that great either. <laughs> so you were on a, speaking of Mr. Reagan, you were on like the uh, inaugural revival tour. Yes. Yes. Some of those. Yeah. What was, what was that experience like for you? It was awesome. I loved it. Um, uh, like I always like, and I still do it. Like if I play music with friends, I don't really like, you can take a break and maybe go get a drink, you know, for somebody and let someone play three songs, right? Or go pee uh, if you drink too much. Uh, but I like trading songs back and forth. Like, again, I'd said I'm not really a solo artist. I like being, you know, yeah. part of a group. And that was a big group, you know, and yeah. uh, I loved it. It was, it was, it was kind of some of my favorite shows I've ever played. And uh, I'm just bummed I wasn't able to do more. I, uh, yeah, there was like, I think there was like two weeks of it that I was supposed to do, and I only was able to do like four. Okay. Just because, you know, and it, it's a super bummer. Um, but then I did the next year, um, and then that's when I met Frank Turner, right. who, said, who said, we're going to write a song after the show. And I said, okay. And then we wrote a song about just breaking down the shit on stage, like literally <laughs> after the show. That's know? awesome. Like, like everyone was walking off and I'm like, I'm still standing there with the plug in my guitar. I'm like, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> that was the big rock and little rock song. So that's how you became buddies. Yeah. As it were. Yeah. So I'm glad we got there on your own. That was a great segue, John. I'm a, I'm a professional. Yeah. Jeez. 
Damn, that was some Dan Rather move right Thanks. there. So, so you all met on Revival Tour. Um, are are some of the songs you did on Buddies and Buddies Two? Are those are those ones you guys have had in the wheelhouse for a while, or is it all stuff you guys have come up with while we've been de- been downshifted? No, the like the first Buddy song was literally written. Uh, we were walking through his sister's garden back to where the you know uh we're gonna have tea you know and stuff and and he has this tiny little piano that was like clinking and uh it was in c when i played a c and i'm like he's like we should do like a lukenbach texas kind of song i'm like oh then nickel sings by pain (laughs) tim berry sings about trains Chuck Reagan yelling in your face. And everything's in his place. The Chuck Reagan line is actually from Christopher Wallard, really, <laughs> because he was we were on tour in, in Europe, Drag the River and Chris's band, and him and Addison were like, Wow, there's like girls at this show. Oh, it's cool. And I go, What do you mean? Like your band's really popular, hot water music. He's like, No, nah, no girls want someone just yelling in the face. <laughs> like, there's no girls up there. <laughs> oh, classic Chris Wallard line right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what that is. <laughs> that's fucking funny. Yeah. That's awesome. So who whose idea was it to to get this going now? Or did you have this idea for the record in the works? No. Be, before March or did it just all happen when you guys were home? No, we were like emailing back and forth because we were repressing that record the original record, the 10 inch, I right. think they did like, it was like 2000 of them. And, uh, I literally had, I got 50 of them. And then there were some that were first sent out, but remember whenever there was that fire in London, um, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And a bunch of like clash records got burnt. You know, yes, it was, I do, yeah. So our record had just come in and they all just got scorched, you know? Oh, and so that's like a record that, uh, you know, that was really hard to come by. And um, so we talked about, Frank is really good about, you know, uh, anniversaries, you know, and stuff like that, yeah. which, which is cool. And I'm like, oh, well, we got to repress that, you know, um, let's do that for sure. And then, you know, the lockdown was happening. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, it just, it just kind of happened. And, uh, and on the record, we decide that we're going to do it every 10 years too we're gonna the next one's gonna be uh buddies three at sea oh <laughs> were you talking cruise ship or like private boat what's the I idea there i don't know we'll see <laughs> oh man i i can't wait to see where both you are at in your lives that determines the boat you're gonna write that record on i mean yeah. it could be old man in the sea or you know frank could have his bbc hit by then and and you guys are on a yacht making it. It could, oh, go, it could be a Hall and Oates, or it could be Woody Guthrie. It could go either way. I think even I think even if it is like, yeah, we could be. A, it needs to be rough. It needs to be rough seas. I don't know, man. You'll be. You told me you were forty eight. You'll be fifty eight at sea. It just yeah. screams for a yacht rock record, man. It's just <laughs> screaming. That'd be cool. But I at least want one song like. Uh, you know. That's the one I'd like to drum on if possible. Sure. Yeah. Floating around in the dinghy. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? We'll see. So, we'll see. John, you're, yeah. you, you know, your first 
Armchair Martian kind of got going in like 93. So that, that puts you with a legitimate nearly like 30 years in the music industry, as mentioned in the Scorpio song, you're a lifer. Yeah. Um, so what, what kind of wisdom would you want to uh, impart to some, some new road dog getting ready to enter the world? What's a couple, couple nuggets, maybe even philosophical, physical, anything to, to give to someone? Well, um, humility is a good yeah. thing, you sure. know? Um, and then also at the same time, there's that, uh, what's that called? The, uh, imposter syndrome too, mm -hmm. you know? So don't, don't worry about that either. Um, just, man, you just gotta be cool and you gotta treat people the way you want to be treated. And, uh, and if you do that, you'll have a bunch of buddies and you'll be able to do things for a long time. You know, um, like I, I still, you know, I'm, I'm a small artist, you know, I always have been, and I think I probably always will be. And I'm super cool with that, you know, right. I can, uh, and I still, you know, work with the, like Tim Mays from the Casbah in San Diego. That's still where I go. Like, that sounds like, that's like home to me, you know, right. and, uh, and that's great. And I appreciate, yeah, like we went out, we actually played at Brick by Brick we just set up, just had to set up like a little show for a headhunter for cargo. Cause okay. uh, some of the people that we were out there, but then some of the staff wanted to see us play and we didn't have a show. And Tim may set that up, you know, just real quick and just, you know, for eight people to be there, you know? Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So anyways, um, I'm just trying to be factually accurate, you know, that the first show wasn't actually at the Casbah, I see. But, but then, uh, but it was, you know, I'm just kind of saying that, yeah, as long as you're not a dick, I mean, you just kind of get to keep doing things with people that you always did things with, you know? Um, yeah. Everyone point. everyone can have a bad day. That's a thing that that's a bummer. Like when people are like, oh, I met that, met that musician and he was a dick. And you're like, dude, it's a long day. You know, yeah. sometimes you're yeah, yeah, yeah. You might have been hangry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, come on. Take it easy. Every that whole everyone's going through something. That's you know? a hard thing. I mean, it's a weird delineation always to make, right? Because you could go outside and be like, "Listen, the guy's cat died at home. Right. He's had the cat for fourteen years. Yeah. You know, like he just wants to go to the van and and be by himself for a minute." Yeah. And I feel like I don't I don't know what the percentage is, is but I, I feel like there's fifty percent of the people would still rather you came out and pretended and just played the role you're supposed to play and mm. didn't show that other side of yourself. You know, I think it's a tricky, yeah, a tricky slippery slope sometimes. Cause of course you put it in context, who could be mad at someone who's feeling upset when their cat died? Yeah. That's, but that's, yeah. But some people feel kind of like, uh, you know, that's not the party you I'm interested in. You know, yeah. like I, I paid good money to be entertained here. And uh, yeah. and your you know dead cat Scott? bums me out, you know. Yeah. You know the Bonscott thing, because um, I, I mean, quick. I mean, yeah. There's two ways to handle that. I I don't think I do that though. I mean, I I just turn it into part of the show. Like that's going to be some. That's going to be the emo show where you see me cry. You know, like, <laughs> right, uh, right. Uh, but um, the Bonscott, <laughs> I love it so much. There's this. There they interview him. Um, uh, this guy that's been traveling with him maybe for like 
a week or so because mm-hmm. they had a record that was coming out. So they're, you know, doing one of those things like, uh, like the Cameron Crowe movie, you know, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then the guys fi- finally like, uh, the guys finally like, yeah, you've just been, you've been going for it. Like after the show, like so hard. I mean, just how are you not just hung over be like shit and put on a bad show. And then Bon Scott's like, the people at the show tonight, we're not at the show last night. Yeah. You know, like they need to, they need to see the show tonight. You know, there, there's no excuses in rock and roll. And uh, so, yeah, I get that. ACDC has to do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Know, yeah. If I was in a bigger band like ACDC, yeah. Uh, yeah. I could see that, you know, um, I kind of like being really honest, you know, too. So, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it it goes to where some artists want to be, right? Like, you know, if you want to be that kind of artist that um then then you could be a pop artist or something like that, you know, where where you are supposed to be putting on a show and a face and your private life is different and but yeah. you know, it, rock and roll comes from like you know, an emotional place. And For and sure. I I have for one, I I went through that myself because I used to put a lot of pressure on like every show, you know, I'm like every show was the last. And, you know, I read that Henry Rollins getting the van book too many times where it was like, if you're playing for two people in a bar in Tulsa, you could die two hours from now, you know, like that really like uh, hardcore approach to every show. And I would get on some of the people in you know, my band sometimes. And, and then, you know, I did get to a point where I I backed off of it because of exactly what we're talking about. Like, um, you know, if you want to, I, there are a lot of bands you and I both know who put on nearly perfect shows every night, every time they play. And it's sort of almost like choreographed to the point, you know, exactly what you're going to get from this band. And it's Mm -hmm. great. Every time you go see them, you know, the tickets worth it, but it's maybe not that exciting anymore after a while. And I kind of like the idea of like, you go to a Bob Dylan show, you might hate his life and play the weirdest songs you've ever heard for like three hours, or you might see like the greatest show you've ever seen in your life. You yeah. never know. Yeah. That's kind of think I think maybe going with that, uh, it's funny you say that because <clears throat> I used to never, uh, you know, like bands that kind of have their bit and their thing. Like I have a couple of those now, and but they're always a little different. You know, but it's good to, you know, tell the story. Um, and one of them is, uh, yeah, I'm giving it a hundred percent. Uh, it might only be about 71 right now, you know, but sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes, and then sometimes I'm, I'll come back. I'm like, that was 150%. That was good. You know? <laughs> sometimes I'll be like, that was not very good. <laughs> like I, I normally I'm doing better now, uh, because I try to put on a show, um, where I play songs I actually know, but I used to get myself in a pretty big hole, um, like 10 years ago or whatever. And I still kind of do this, but I'll come out. And I'm like, what do you guys want to hear? And they'll, and I just hope that at least two people yell something out in case someone that yells a song, I don't know, uh, <laughs> you know, but if it's just songs, I don't know. I mean, I'll go down that hole, but I've decided that I have to at least play a song. I'll only go down the hole if I just played one really good right before it you know right. yeah right. And i got one coming afterwards but i normally say like yeah i'm giving it a hundred percent and i will i will ride this song as long as i can go let's see how far i can take it and when i make it the whole way i'm like yeah <laughs> like, oh, damn. yeah and sometimes uh 
you know, uh, that song didn't need three verses. You know? <laughs> right. That song did not need a bridge. Why did I think it needed a bridge? You Don't know? bore us. Get to the chorus. Exactly. That's, it. That's the best <laughs> one. So here's my last real question. All right. Um, you know, because because the last two, Brad is going to hate. He can even he can check out afterwards. <laughs> I mean, to me, you know, I know a lot of the people. You know, you have a great reputation. You seem like a really pleasant and mild dude and easy to be around so my question is like that's just my character well that's i'm saying what is your like general philosophy or trick or are you like me and you just get really dark and broody when no one else is around Mm. yeah i mean uh that definitely happens you know (laughs) (laughs) you know uh but i don't know like since i had kids though yeah uh, yeah, my whole philosophy thing now is the, I mean, it's it's definitely humility. Because um, once you have them, like birthdays, they're not about me. Nothing's about me. Right, right, it, doesn't, right. it doesn't matter. There's so many people and we're so insignificant. Uh, if we get to, you know, touch someone, like, that's great, you know? Um, yeah. But you can't, yeah, you can't sweat things, you know? It's going to be what it's going to be. And if you're stressed about it or upset about it, uh, then you're just, you know, that's your own fault, you know? I mean, but, but I mean, some people can't, you know, I mean, depression is a thing. Yeah. Um, and I have been diagnosed to have that, you okay. know? Um, and, but I think I've, I think I'm handling it, you know? I exercise mm-hmm. as much as I can, you know? Uh, just a little bit just try to be positive you know um i've gotten to the point where if i get credit for stuff it embarrasses me i mean i I always was kind of like that yeah yeah i don't want that um i like it when people like my records and like songs you know but then i like them to like on that taste record uh which i learned i think is pronounced tasse (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, okay. it's latin right yeah, yeah of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean listen when i was doing research for this interview i was saying tastes sure was like, yeah his new record tastes it's because it it's like, like the sun Tace with a t in front of it yeah it's uh, like the sun record yeah know, like yeah like that's the other you know thing but uh anyways where was i going did i just go off track yeah that's how it goes man that's what we do God damn it. Going off track. Enough of the the real stuff, John. Here's here's the the things I really want to talk to you about, okay? Did I answer the question, though? I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, kind of implying for you the general philosophy is to to not take it that seriously because... Well, no, I take things seriously. I mean, I take things seriously, but yeah, life is super short and... uh, yeah, it's it's just simple. It's the golden rule. Just you know, just be cool. And then the idea of uh, you know projecting you know something out, you know, like visualizing mm-hmm. you know things like, yeah. So do you yeah. really believe you get you get back you get back what you project on other people? Well, I know there's a lot of really good people that have a lot of really bad times, you know. Sure. So there's yeah. so there's a lot of luck in there too. Um, right, right. I, I don't know, but I mean, if you're if you're positive and <clears throat> try to keep it cool, it's normally pretty cool. At least for me. 
All right, John, last chance. Okay. Last chance. What is the verse that you wish you wrote? Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. There's just so many. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't think. I can't. Uh, hang on. Wait, uh, if you're not going to do that, then you need to play me a ditty about not remembering the verse that you wish you wrote. I don't remember all the words to the songs. There's just too many sounds. This is also a song, but it's not very good. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's a lot of songs. <laughs> that works for me. That works for me. Yeah. <coughs> John, thanks, man. Too many fucking songs. <laughs> Why do you think people want to hear another song from you? Anyways, uh, I really appreciate talking to you, gentlemen. You guys are awesome. Super no, cool. That was fun, man. Yeah, John, thanks really... for taking all that time, man. This is fun. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Was it fun? Good. Going off track, went off the rails. I lost my concentration telling all these tales. Going off track. Yeah, we go off. Some exit in New Jersey just like Eastern Cobb. More than music podcast. As you know, I've been very busy lately, and so I didn't have any time at all to prep, unlike every other episode. (laughs) (laughs) But I did try to scramble because, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I feel like I've met John before, and I couldn't think of where, and I still can't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow <laughs> anyway maybe john will remember he can shoot me a tweet so brad you're done you're done being an elf yeah windows open tonight dude they go windows up tonight open tonight gorgeous you feeling proud sure sure cool. they look good they look good dude Saks thanks for Fifth that avenue thanks for the photo oh yeah now you like that the cabs yeah i do um so so what'd you use to build those those are made out of foam. Dude, I didn't have to build those things. That was a nightmare because that's all foam and like Bondo. And that's two substances uh, I have no desire to work with. Not a foam man. What about all those foam parties you used to go to? <laughs> that's a different kind of foam. Different kind of foam, baby. <laughs> that's sexual foam. So, but John's, uh, these songs he did with Frank, the, um, you know, this Buddies 2 record and the, the Buddies stuff he's doing with Frank. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's And and he, he mentioned some stories in there with Frank, too. And it, it makes sense that those two are friends because, yeah, Frank is the type of guy that doesn't need, like, a time or a place to, like, write a song. Yeah. You know? He'd just be, like, half a drink deep somewhere and something interests him. And all of a sudden, like, you got a song, yeah. you know? like Or you got at least the bones to yeah. one. Um, one of those true, like, you know, musician types is always just walking around writing songs. No, I love it. Like what I, I actually meant to kind of dig into that a little bit, but we changed the subject, but I love that the reference that he made, I think he said to Bowie, you know, people with a vision. And I would say maybe someone like Prince, you know, who kind of, they seem to know what it's going to be before they even start recording. You know what I mean? But and then in the opposite sort of opposite creative spectrum, you have these people that just let it happen, you know, put it in, get in a room with the right people. And it's a whole different thing. But it's like 
it can be really productive, but you just need to know when when it's not too, you know? Yeah. I mean, not there's like he said, I mean, you know, he made the point, not everybody needs to be like a visionary in music. Right. You know, and for people like David Bowie and Prince, they needed to not only see something before it existed yet, they needed to convince somehow a bunch of people with a whole lot of money to give them that money to see that (laughs) through to execution. I mean, that's one of the things I think about a lot with Prince is like, there's these stories that, that come when he was uh, a younger artist in his like late teens, early twenties about like really like knowing exactly what he was doing. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, uh, he literally turning knew down the record- labels of execs and just being like, nah, this is it. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, and yeah, not he, everyone can do that. You he know? knew, he knew. Yeah. Prince is, there's nobody, there's never been anybody like that guy. And he played I mean, every single instrument on like his first exactly. three records. Well, crazy. he was, he's just, you know, those people, some people are just so talented at everything they do from an early age. And even like Prince was a great basketball player. Like the Dave Chappelle skits, not a joke. He really was. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, like he was like, uh, on this varsity high school team when he was a freshman. And, and if he took it seriously, could have been like a really, really oh, successful basketball player, you know? So he's just, but I, you know. You got to find your lane, right? And you got to know what you're good at and be comfortable. And there's nothing worse than uh, someone trying to be Prince or David Bowie who's not. (laughs) You know, like like that's the ugliest look there is. It is absolutely the ugliest. You're much better off just picking up your guitar and banging something out. That's right. (laughs) And I think we got ourselves a new going off track intro. Oh, my God. (laughs) And we pepper it in from time to time. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling it. I love it. Give John some points on our it. massive podcast network <laughs> deals we have. Speaking of the podcast network deals we don't have, <laughs> we have a Venmo. Oh and, yeah, a big shout out to Matt. I'm not yeah. gonna tell say his whole name. I don't know if he wants to be shouted out, but Matt O gave us twenty buck tip this week, dude. Thanks, Matt. Please don't. I wonder you know, if that's Matt Olson. I it's hope it's not. Matt Olson. Please don't feel cool. like you need to, you know, match that by any means. But uh, a no. dollar tip is fine. If you really want to invest, you can you can become a patron at uh, patreon.com slash going off track where we have some bonus material. We actually have a few podcasts that are not available to the public. Exclusive content. <laughs> and Exclusive. It's, and at some point after Thanksgiving, we're going to get Benny live on, on a chat room to do some uh, yapping. That's um, it. I'm just going to do a J-bone. Let's get deep. And I think Let's we just got it, a, I think we might have just got a Brit uh, p- patron. I saw that. I was today. confused. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't know you could, you could. Put eight dollars fifty cents yeah, in, no, that's and I'm like, oh, okay, I see how this is. <laughs> so but, yeah, thanks for yeah, joining, so, Simon. And uh, yeah, thanks. Now, now I'm got to shout out every new patron and and Venmo tip. Hey, if you tip us twenty bucks on Venmo, I will shout out your name. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the people want, Brad. Is, what, maybe I got. <laughs> the end of the did show. you hear about this website about that? What? There's a website where, like, if you're a person of note in quotes that you can go on and someone can send you a message where you like record a video for one of their friends. So it'd be like, 
Yeah, yeah, like it's kind of like the old oh, like record a voice out, outgoing voicemail message. If you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now, like you know, now the third most famous actor on Blue Bloods <laughs> or something, you can you know, will be like, "Hey, happy birthday, Jenny! Remember right. that time in fourth grade?" Right. I mean, this. I, I kind of wish I think I'm making fun of it because like I kind of wish I was Dude. famous enough to make some dumb cash. <laughs> just making birthday I'm fucking sure messages. I'm sure there are some people that would love to get a Benny message. Listen, a Benny, Benny birthday I'm not message. doing something like that until we have not when you have 31 Patreons, <laughs> you shouldn't be on a website like that. Okay, <laughs> let's let's build the thing and then maybe we'll get there. Okay, and uh, like we just said, what's the ugliest look? <laughs> Is trying to be David Bowie. I'm, you know, I'm not going to try and be fucking Mark Maron over here or whatever. Uh, Even though he seems kind of mean. I don't know. What's nobody a wants example? Mark Maron to give it. The, yeah, you'd you'd be much better at the birthday. I'm not message. jealous of Mark Maron. He seems like kind of a sad guy, and I'm not jealous of Joe Rogan because he's just like borderline douche. So borderline. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sorry, let's not go get into that. Yeah, you're not a you're not a fan, are you? You don't, want, dude. You don't want to go down those. If I we just, got if we got attacked by the Roganites, I am oh, a man. fan of free speech, and I will end it right there. Just because it's just because we have free speech doesn't mean it has to be, you know, exercised in every fucking manner possible. If if you know what I'm saying, I just wish I mean, there was a little goddamn dignity left in some of this shit. I agree with you. Just as long as Brad Worrell is the judge and jury of what people are allowed to say <laughs> no way. i'm okay with it it's you worst. it's you like, no, Shut up! i won't i won't accept that either what do you have a a bush light the fuck out of here <laughs> you heard you saw taking shit for your foofy drinking habits online right i did not see that but neil our old friend neil wrote in saying that brad not a good move to do to your friend to go what? grab your own IPA when he brings a sixer to your house. And I agree. <laughs> Low character move, Brad. But what, Low character. Wait, what was it that you were going to bring that was like a Coors Light or something? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I went to the store, spent my money, and bought three of them for you, man. You know? You know? That's the point. You suck them down I'll tell for you your something. friend. In retrospect, I actually thought about that after we after we did that. And in fact, I probably would not go to the fridge. The truth you wouldn't. Is, you had a change of heart? I mean, if only because, like... You, deep down inside, we're all still that like seventeen-year-old kid where like you never have enough beer. <laughs> I swear to God, it's like, I mean, I think right. I think now I can walk into like a liquor store and buy buy beer and not have like this little tinge of like, am I going to get carded? But I think honestly, well into my forties, I still had a little bit of nervousness at that. Like, and I also still to this day. No matter how much money I have, I've, I have enough money to buy as much beer as I can drink in a night easily. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I still like, do we have enough beer? Is there enough beer in the fridge? Yeah. That like, that like. That old tick. They say that men think about sex every seven seconds, but I think they also worry that they don't have enough beer in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> or possible. for an event. So I would drink that beer if only for that reason. All but right. probably, to, you know, to be a nice guy as well. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> you, know, I was, you know, Brad, we've known each other a while now. And, you know, I, I, I hold you in a pretty high esteem. I got to be honest. You said that? You went, nah, <laughs> put it down. 
little bit down in my book. I feel like your your salty New England family would have looked at you and scoffed with a comment like that. Oh, oh, dude. My brother, who used to actually be a brewmaster, mm-hmm. is the biggest beer snob in the world. He w- he'll not drink anything. Oh, okay. that's, he won't drink any. He won't drink a bud if you put it in his hand. You gotta, you gotta go to the dark side sometimes. I remember a funny story where I, I love Velveeta shells and cheese. Okay, hey, yeah. I know they're, Comfort I know they're food. gross. I know they're gross. I know that bag of cheese sauce. God cheese knows oil. what's in it. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But it tastes awesome. Hell yeah! And maybe every like year of my life at this point, I need to buy a box of Velveeta and, and Hasset. You know, and my wife is like you with food. You know, the way you are with beer, a little foofy, you know, like she's like mac and cheese. I'll only have it with the breadcrumbs and like a casserole, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, God forbid we have a box of mac and cheese in the house. And Gaslight has a photo shoot, not a photo shoot, a video. We're doing a video and there's like some version of, you know, catering there. And I I look over the side eye. And I see her just like housing mac and cheese. And I'm, and I'm just playing into it. I'm like, yo, it's good, huh? She's like, oh, my God, it's so good. I'm so hungry. You know, and she's doing her thing. And it's hot. She, she's on her like third plate. And I'm just grinning at her, just grinning and grinning. She's like, what's so funny? I'm like, yo, you're eating Velveeta, dog. Yo, that's Velveeta. It's so good, isn't it? Oh, how many times could you have been tasting it? So many. You fucked up. You done fucked up with your foofiness. But the good news know? is, sweetheart, it's vegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it probably is, right? It probably is it's, close it's to not, vegan, dude. It's probably close to vegan. It's definitely not cheese. But whatever. <laughs> Shit's good. Shit's Hell good. Yeah. Every once Love in a while. Mac and cheese. Well, that's a funny way to end, I guess. Why not? Huh? Hey. So, you know, everyone, thanks for listening to the program. I don't have a lot going on these days, so I, I didn't appreciate any, the, uh, the once a week when uh, <laughs> I get to do something fun like this and get some outside validation. Out, but if you're still listening, uh, John Snodgrass, that's what you need to know. J-O-N. J-O-N. Got to remember that one, don't I? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Sorry, I John showed Hill. you the screenshot. I know. I know. I know. You did your research. Apologies to John research. Hiltz. Sorry, John Hiltz. I did a very quick. Google search awesome. before I publish that. We delayed we delayed promotion by a day to fix it. I yeah, I I had a J I had an H where it didn't belong. Yeah. All uh, right. Anyway, yeah, you know what? Follow John, follow us on the socials, but really if you haven't done it yet, go listen to some of his music because it's worth it for sure. Yeah. Really is. Now last record Taste, whichever we're I know we're saying it wrong. It's a fucking rocker, man. Yeah. There's a lot of like cool one minute, two minute, like real, like rocking songs. I wasn't expecting that. So yeah, please check it out. Everyone be cool to each other out there. Stay steady. Don't watch too much TV. And uh, <laughs> yeah, look into the spirit of the trees, baby. <laughs> More than music done this like a million times dad yes um and like i say all the time it's good to recycle
You like polar bears, right? Yeah, I love them. Okay. What do you think about that? Let's <laughs> let's make Trash Island half the size. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Thank you, sweetie. Yeah. The only bogus part is the reference, the bogus hack reference to the New Jersey uh, mile marker exit bit. Ugh. 